it's Tabitha's house with Dr. Yemisi once again. Today I am excited. I have a super duper guest with me, like I promised you all. And we're going to be talking about something very crucial, turning your pain into purpose. We believe that um, the Bible says all things on the spectrum, everything works together for your good to those who love God. And because we love God, we believe that things happen to us, life happens to us. However, it works together for our good. So Ine is with me, and she's gonna be telling us, we're going to be chatting about how God used something that looks like a very um, negative experience, something um, that could break anyone down. And I could possibly say she's a healer, or more like God has been using her to touch lives all over. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, uh, the reason I chose this topic is not just because I believe it's a cliche. Um, I've been on several journeys. I'm probably currently on a journey now. And um, I really believe that all things work together for good. From very small events like forgetting your car keys um, to big events like um, things happening to you that you didn't expect. I really believe and I'm a living proof that all things work together for good. Now, there's a next level of things working together for you. Let me share something with you. So I think I was doing something around the house a few days ago and the Spirit of God started to talk to me about oranges. And um, I think I even jotted it down about how we all love oranges, right? Mm -hmm. We love juices. And Spirit of God was saying to me that Every time you need to get fresh orange juice, you squeeze it out. Yeah. So I feel like there's a next level of turning pain or seemingly negative events to purpose where you become juice to nourish other people. So good. And then the orange, for instance, anytime you think about vitamin C, the first fruit that just comes to our mind by default is an orange. <laughs> So the orange has to be squeezed out. The juice has to come out. You see the process, the force, the energy, you know, involved in squeezing it out just because a lot of people have to be nourished. And that's why I really wanted you here today because I want you to, in a short while, just take us through the journey, not just about the story, but how can how can we go through those seasons? How in those seasons? Let me take it this way. How can I hear God's voice in that season? Mm -hmm. um, mainstream teaching is just go back into it. Kabash, fast, pray, go to the mountain. You know, show the faith. Mm -hmm. um, is it okay to see a doctor? Is it okay to get professional help therapy? Is it okay? Is it normal to have times where you don't feel like praying? Um, is it normal? What's the journey? What's the real life journey before you turn a seemingly negative, before it starts to manifest mm -hmm. as fruit juice to everyone? So, um, March 29, 2014, um, my siblings and I we were in Victoria Island. We went to 
um, celebrate my sister's birthday. My sister's birthday is on the 20th of March, but we all had 9 to 5s. It's funny how none of us have 9 to 5s now. Mm-hmm. We all had 9 to 5s, so we, we couldn't do it during the week. I went to this restaurant in VI to celebrate her birthday. And um, towards the evening time, I stepped out to get credit because, you know, at that time, that time yeah. yes, it was still, <laughs> it was just phasing out then, you know. Anyway, so um, I left my phone with my friend. Um, and I just, you know, move forward. Um, just as I approach the credit vendors, this car pulls up beside me, and there are two men in it. Um, one of them gets down, it's a big guy, it's a big, dark guy, he's wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. And then both of them are holding guns. The, the person who's driving is an elderly man, and the big guy asked me to get into the car. So I, I, you know, there's shock, there's denial, there's wonder, like, you know, what's going on, but he cocks his gun, so I know it's real, so I get into the car. Um, so we're just, we didn't go anywhere in particular, we are just driving around in circles. I had with me my wallet, my office pass, because I'd been to my office that day. Um, my wallet, my office pass, and 2,275 Naira. You remember the exact figure? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do, because a lot of people ask me, where'd you get five Naira from? <laughs> Can't really tell you. But anyway, um, so yes, um, I remember that uh, the big guy made his way to the back of the car from the front seat. Um, I tried to open the door because my first instinct was to open the door and just roll out mm-hmm. of the car. But now I know that there was a child lock on you know, both what doors, door? so I couldn't open the door. Um, so he went through my wallet, asked me where I worked, asked me different questions. I was answering. We passed by. They asked me to direct them to my office, and I did, thinking that, okay, maybe they'd let me yeah. you know, come down. you know. But they just drove past, and you know, that's when I knew that this was, this was getting real. Um, um, they took my ATM card, took the money. Um, I remember that we stopped by somewhere. They asked me to close my eyes, but I, I wasn't closing my eyes because I wanted to see where we were going. I would close my eyes and then I'd open it, you know, and they were so angry. So the guy beside me was slapping me, he knocked me, beats me, punched me, you know, just trying to get me to close my eyes, get me to be scared and all of that. And so um, at some point, um, he told me to give him uh, a blowjob. It was like, you know, oral sex. And I in thought to myself, yes, I thought to myself, well, if 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 I did this, you know, let me go. Come, yeah, let me go. You know, because my worst fear was that, you know, they would touch me, you know, they would rape me or something like that. And so I did. And I remember that while I was doing that, they asked me for my pin, my ATM. I gave them everything because, to be honest, they just paid my salary at the moment, but I didn't care. Um, they stopped by somewhere, got this guy. I, I don't know, somebody else gave him the ATM. Asked for my pin. He drew all the money. Um, we, we kept going around in circles. I was wearing just a jumpsuit. You know, a jumpsuit is just one piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. Once you take it off, that's it. Um, so I was sitting in this car. They asked me to take off my jumpsuit. I'm sitting in this car, in the back of this car, and just my underwear. And I remember that um, um, after that, we were just, we're still moving around, but the inevitable happened. And he asked me to take off my underwear. He tried to touch me. I tried to hold his hand. I kept crying. I was begging him. Um, but he, he That's the big guy. Yes. So it was like as if, you know, the more I cried, it just got him angry and he just didn't care, to be honest. Um, but the inevitable did happen. He, he raped me in the car. I remember that when it did happen, we were on uh, along that bar beach road. I remember that we were at a traffic light. We were at a stop, you know. Well, what, and then, what time was this? Well, it was, by this time, it was nighttime. Everywhere was dark. Wow. And I remember looking out of the window. I just went blank, you know, while it was happening. And I looked out of the window and I saw a bus, you know, on the other side of the road. And then people were getting in, getting on and getting off. And I was just thinking to myself how life was just moving along. 
while there was madness, like chaos going on in this car. And anyway, so after that, he asked me to dress up. Um, he asked me a few questions. The elderly man who was driving, he wasn't having it. He was really upset that I wasn't closing my eyes. I hadn't closed my eyes. And in fact, he kept saying that they had to kill me because I had seen mm. their faces. You know, he kept saying that, you know, he, at first he was speaking Yoruba, but I understand Yoruba. He was speaking Yoruba, and then he, he, he spoke in English, like, we have to kill her. So at first, this other guy was not of the opinion that they should kill me, but then he agreed and he was like, oh yes, we, we have to. So they began to discuss about how they would do it and where they would dispose of my body, where they would dispose of While my body. While you were in the car. Oh yes, yes. You know, I remember thinking to myself, is this how people know how, about how they would die before they die? Um, where to dispose of my body was a bigger issue for them because, you know, I kept talking about whether they would drop my body on the road or they take my body into Bar Beach, they drop it by the water, or by the shore, or they just leave my body, you know. Um, eventually, that didn't happen in here. Um, I remember that we drove into a street, and then another street, it was two streets behind my office, and the big guy, they just stopped, they just parked, and then the big guy went to the front, came down, opened the door, and asked me to come down, and gave me my wallet back, gave me 275 naira on my office pass. And he told me to use it, take the money to use it to get to wherever I was going. Um, I remember th I recognized the street. So I, I was thinking if I could just get to my office, you know, but I was stumbling, I was shaking, and I just couldn't stop crying. And so I saw this Baba in a yellow cab, and I just begged him. That man had probably closed for the night. He was eating, and I just begged him to please take me. And I put all the money on the dashboard. I said, this is all I have. Mm -hmm. And he kept asking me, my daughter, why are you crying? Why are you crying? My daughter, what is wrong? And I just directed him to my office. He took me there. I was hoping I'd see someone, I did. Um, so I saw my colleagues. I just told them that I was robbed. Um, they tried to pacify me, but I told them I needed to get back to my family. Um, because I had looked at the dashboard on um, the car, in the car that I was in, and I realized I had been gone for five hours. Five hours? Yeah, so five. my phone wasn't with me, which was a good thing, because I, I know that if my phone was with me, they would have used it for blackmail, you know, mm -hmm. calling yeah, call whoever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, it was the first thing that they asked me for, but it wasn't with me, you know. Anyway, so my, my colleague took me back to my family. By this time, everyone was outside, even the owner of the restaurant, everyone had been looking for me. And I remember that um, when I came, when I got there, I just told him to drive a little bit forward. I came down, some people started going home, like, oh yeah, they found her, but they didn't know what had happened. I remember my siblings began to find out what had happened one by one, and it was just, it was like a movie. It was like this huge nightmare. I just sat down at the curb on the side of the road, and then we began the journey of going to a hospital, because two of my sister's friends were there, and they're both doctors. They were the ones who spurred everyone into action. We have to get her to a hospital. We have to test her. We have to, um, you know, and so. But no hospital wanted to take me. We went Can to about. Tell me about that. They went mm -hmm. to about seven hospitals mm -hmm. that I night. I experienced something similar. <laughs> no hospital. Where? No hospital. They didn't want to treat the raging yeah. Some of them just couldn't be bothered. This is like what time of the night, you know. Finally, some hospital took us, and um, even then, the guy just told me to go into the the toilet to wash up. It's like there's a bucket and bowl there. Just myself and my siblings squeezed into the bathroom, the small toilet, and we looked into the bucket. It had, you know, particles, so we couldn't even use that. It was my sister's friend who came back again and said, oh, have you done this test? Have you done that test? And she went to shout and yell at the guy. Then he began to, he flushed me and did some other tests. The only test they couldn't do was an HIV test because they didn't have the facilities to do so. So I had to go. 
This happened on a Saturday. I had to go on Monday to um, the military hospital to do that. Anyway, so, so this happened, and I remember that when it happened, um, two significant things that stood up for me that night was one thing I, I said to myself that I wasn't going to let this change me, which is um, something that you, you can't really do because um, situations like this will change you, mm. and that's the truth. They will. Um, but I, I, I was determined not to become a recluse. I was determined not to um, go into myself. I, I don't know how else to explain that. Be a shadow um, of yourself. Yes, exactly. I, I, was I was determined. And this was that night while it was happening, while I was sitting there, my siblings were finding out, you know, one by one. I was determined to, to live my life. And I kept saying to myself, this has happened for a reason. Mm. Yes. Um, even though I forgot all of this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the interesting part. <laughs> I forgot every single thing. Um, I tried to go back to work on Monday. It didn't, it, it didn't work. It didn't work because I couldn't talk to anyone. People say, "Oh, hi, any good morning," and it just I just be crying, you know. So, I tried to go to. Um, I remember that my boss sent me to a center because I had to tell him what had happened and explain to him why I had to leave work. Um, but you know, being at that center at the time, it didn't. It wasn't it for me. It's just, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give you the name of the center. But I got there. There was no lights. Um, the lady that was talking to me was sleepy. She was sleepy. Um, <laughs> she, she, wasn't even looking, she wasn't even looking visually appealing. So I was just like, you know what? This is not it. Um, but after that, my, my life went downhill from there. Um, I, I told myself the lie that if I, if I slept with somebody else, it would help me get over the feeling mm, of being raped. Yeah, you know, it will take away the the memory of sleep of this man raping me if I'm sleeping with somebody else. But then, that now became an addiction for me, because after a while I didn't know what I was dealing with. If wow. I was dealing with the nightmare of being raped, or I was dealing with the anticlimax of having you know constant you know um, temporary sex. You know, it's just it wasn't it. There's a reason why God says don't fornicate. There's a reason He said. <laughs>